Hello once again and welcome to a special instalment of the CityWire Selector podcast. I'm your host, Chris Slowly, the editor of CityWire Selector. The worlds of American football and finance do not cross over very often, but they do in more ways than you'd expect. Both have huge media scrutiny, involve large sums of money, and can leave you feeling battered and bruised. But which is tougher? Now, that's not an easy question to answer, but who better to ask than somebody with a foot in both camps? This week, we're joined by Cameron Brait, a professional player with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but also an economics major from Harvard who will give us the inside track on where he thinks the real challenge lies. Welcome to the CityWire Selector podcast. I'm Chris Slowly, the editor of CityWire Selector. Joining me today is a special guest, someone slightly different to who we'd normally have on, Cameron Brait. Welcome. Thank you. I think I should probably explain who you are, Cameron, rather than just like that. So Cameron is a tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but also has a degree in economics from Harvard. And you're over here in the UK with the NFL, who are branching out, launching the NFL UK Academy. That may sound slightly different to what we cover on the fund selection side, but I'm going to try and loop it all together with your economics background and ask you some questions on that side of things, if that's okay. Sounds good. So the crossover, like I said, is we write for a fund selection audience. A lot of those invest for high net worth individuals. The NFL, you get lots of big contracts, you get a lot of money, there's a lot of money flying around. Can you just explain how your economics background chimes with that? What got you into economics in the first place to get you to a point where you studied it? Right. Um, You know, when I got to Harvard, I really had no clue what I wanted to study. Um, So my freshman year, I took a lot of just introductory classes to a lot of different things. Try to figure out, you know, what I was passionate about, uh, what interested me. And uh, I've always been more of a numbers guy. Uh, okay. writing papers was never, <laughs> was never one of my fortes. So, um, I think that aspect kind of, uh, drew me towards that being able to use numbers. Um, you know, I kind of just like the idea of having one solution to everything. Um, so economics kind of provided that for me. Um, and kind of just the, the fast pace aspect of, you know, learning about markets, how, uh, how it's different every single day. You don't really necessarily know what's going to happen. Uh, how one uh, thing the president says, you know, one uh, company has a recall on one of their products, how that can kind of throw everything into a loop. Kind of that whole aspect kind of drew me in towards that. It seems like it's also something that could help beyond the career of football because it is a relatively in, in the sense of if you're playing for 10, 15 years, you need something to fall back on. Was that done with one view on that as well of having something post game really? Uh, really, I had no aspirations of playing in the NFL. You know, Harvard's not really a football powerhouse or anything like sure. that. Uh, I didn't get recruited to a big school. Um, you know, like so a, is that quite a unique leap then to go from Harvard? To yeah, Harvard? for sure. We probably have uh, about ten players uh, in the NFL right now. Um, so we do have a, a couple guys that play, um, but it's not the traditional route. Most guys who I played with at Harvard do have jobs, you know, in finance. Um, oh, I see. So they went that way, right? Oh, than, for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, the Ivy League doesn't necessarily stack up well athletically with the NFL. Um, you know, not too many guys are given the chance, uh, kind of have the ability to make that transition. So, um, you know, I didn't really go into my Harvard uh, career thinking about playing the NFL, but uh, it just kind of worked out that way. So when you talk about that, with the, there could have been two divergent paths. You have done some work in there. We've tracked a time before. I said Wall Street, but it was Boston. You interned yeah. at a hedge fund. Can you tell me about that and, and what you learned from that experience? Was it something that interested you? Right, yeah, because I, like I said, I didn't plan on playing in the NFL or anything like that. So I kind of explored a couple different paths when I was in college. Uh, I interned at a, um, a law firm one summer, 
and then a hedge fund the next summer. And, you know, from the law firm, I kind of found out I didn't want to be a lawyer. That was pretty much the only thing I learned from that. Um, but yeah, the hedge fund, it was a very, very small hedge fund, probably about 15 employees. Um, you know, and I really liked that aspect of it because I was really close to the guys who were doing, uh, you know, the trading, you know, pretty much all the time. It was just constant banter back and forth from yeah. these guys trying to figure out what their next move was going to be. Um, you know, they had uh, guys on the technical side um, doing all this research, you know, handing all these reports to the traders. Um, so that aspect was awesome. I was able to learn a ton from that um, and kind of try to apply some of, some of the stuff I learned from that into what I do currently. So, yeah. Which is more intense? The world of hedge funds or NFL? Did it seem like it was an intense environment? <laughs> it did. It did seem intense. And it was very fast-paced. And I really liked that aspect of it. Um, you know, when I was in the, the law firm, it was pretty boring on a day-to-day. -day. You know, I was just kind of helping out the, uh, the lawyers, helping out the paralegals. Um, whereas just with the market, <laughs> there was like, you know, I would say we would get an hour before the markets opened. And that was similar to you know, our meetings before practice, where it was like kind of going over like, hey, this is what we're going to do today. This is what we're seeing from the opponent, I guess, which would be of course, the market. kind of the market. Or other investors. I exactly. Guess. So, um, you know, there are some parallels from that for sure. And uh, I don't know if <laughs> the sitting at the desk quite compares to, you know, being on the field, <laughs> watching for, you know, linebackers coming to uh, <laughs> hit you across the middle, stuff like that. But uh, it was definitely an interesting part, yeah, of that. How much you continue to stay with the markets? I saw in a report you did with the, sorry, an interview with the Bleach Report that, of course, it's very hard for you to focus on that at the same time as playing, but we're in the off-season now. Is it something that you can fall back to? Is it something you have a passion for? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, early in my career, um, you know, I didn't quite have as much in my bank account and, um, you know, I didn't really know how long this was going to last. I was definitely more uh, involved with, you know, the day-to-day -day aspect of that. I was kind of managing my own money. Um, but, you know, I figured, you know, hiring some professionals to do it, they would probably sure. do a better job than myself. Uh, kind of knew a lot more about the whole financial field than me who had one internship. So, um, yeah, I have someone who does it for me, but I'm pretty involved. I, I you know, I'm on the phone with them about once a week, kind of going over where where we're at with our portfolio. And um, we don't make a ton of decisions together, but he kind of keeps me in the loop of what he's thinking and I, you know, agree. And Would, I saw in the, the report as well that you have a lot of your teammates ask you things like, what's the Fed gonna do with rates and those sorts of things. Do, do you get the, do you feel comfortable answering those questions or is it the sort of thing where they just draw to you because they know what your background is? Yeah, they, you know, the guys that don't know me well, you know, they will probably come up to me and ask me, but once they kind of get to know me and realize I'm, you know, not this genius from Harvard, <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I tell them to, you know, ask a professional because sure. I don't necessarily know what I'm doing. Whereas there's a ton of guys who do, who can help those guys out. So, um, I try not to give too much advice on that. Do you think there is enough advice out there? Cause one thing, and this came up in the previous piece, the stat, the, the worrying level of bankruptcy for players right. afterwards. And, and this links back to what we talk about, cause we are in a high risk environment sometimes some people do get into situations we've seen on our side there's a big problem with liquidity or big questions around liquidity in some of the funds that we write about on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. and i suppose with footballers the liquidity that they have is over a short trajectory do they get enough support to plan for the long term yeah i think uh you know there was an article written in 2009 i think talking about 78 percent of players uh have financial problems you know within two years of retiring from playing um, and I think there's a lot of factors that play into that as well. Uh, I think the NFL, the average career is very short. So a lot of these guys, 
you know, they don't, they aren't millionaires, you know, they don't sure. accrue this massive wealth while they're playing. Um, and I think the NFL, you know, after that report came out, has done a lot better of a job providing these tools for players. Uh, you know, all the rookies have kind of these crash courses every single day uh, during the spring when they first get brought in. Um, I've seen literal people coming in to talk them through. Uh, yep, for sure. Money. And it's, you know, a crash course in not just finance, but, um, you know, etiquette, um, you know, making smart students off the field. Um, so, so it's like a life skills package. 100%. And okay. so that... I think they've done a really good job with and in Tampa Bay we have a really good director of that um, and I think you know having those tools definitely helps guys out and um, you know as an older player I try to be a resource for the younger players too. just you know as long as you make you know not you don't make outlandish purchases and stuff like sure. that you should be fine but um, but it's hard. I follow Cam Newton on Instagram and I see that people do certain things or they, right, do, they spend right. the money in certain ways. But I suppose it's, it's much like Premier League football here. Mm -hmm. You end up with tiers within the tiers. You end up with people who are making 100%. insane amounts of money and then good money. And then other people who are only be in the game a year, Couple two years, years. Right. And so Cam Newton, he can afford to kind of do whatever he wants. He sure. kind of has an endless supply of money. But, you know, for a rookie who you know, it was a late round draft pick who's only going to play three years. If he tries to emulate Cam's lifestyle, sure. you know, his money's going to run out pretty quick. So um, I think that's where some of the issues happen is kind of like the keeping up with the Joneses, you know, trying to live this certain lifestyle that superstars live. Sure. But the reality is a lot of guys aren't going to be at that level ever. So um, I think that's one thing that players kind of need to be more careful with for sure. You're over here with the NFL and in, in the expansion into the UK, we've, we've talked about this, the UK is very interested in this. We, we previously had NFL Europe as well, and I think the NFL UK has taken that on and that, that insight. We've seen the launch of the academy at Barnet and Southgate College is coming up, and so there's going to be a new base there as well for actually bringing talent through. And it seems like the NFL was expanding into a market at a time when markets seem to be going away from globalization. And it seems like the NFL is still trying to become a global game. We also mm -hmm. talked about trying to play games in Mexico, Trying to, trying to expand here. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's almost like a contrarian indicator? The NFL was expanding at a time when perhaps other people are pulling back? Or is that too much of a leap? Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure, you know, how that plays into that. Um, you know, I do think that there uh, is an interest for sure here in Europe, in the NFL, in the game of football. Um, you know, and, you know, like any business, you know, the NFL sees all these people interested in the game and um, I think bringing games to London every single year is, you know, a great idea. It kind of gives more exposure to the game of football outside of just America. So, um, you know, I think it's awesome. I think it's exciting, you know, as a player, um, you know, the plane ride isn't going to be too fun right before the game, but, uh, I think it's a great experience for the players. And, um, you know, if there's an interest from the fans, I think it's why not, you know? But I suppose if you're in Tampa, Tampa to London, Tampa to LA, there's mm -hmm. not a huge difference in the two. I know no. you wouldn't ever go to LA that much, but right. it does seem like it's it's closing up a gap that perhaps, and also feeding into a market where there's, like we said, definite demand. Right, exactly. Um, you know, the big thing, because this is my first time flying over to sure. Europe, uh, coming out here. Uh, yeah, that time change, you're, you know, you're not really prepared for it. That course. was my first red eye. So <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't sleep too well on that plane ride for sure. Cameron, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yep.